Lord, you are worthy. We worship you. Lord, I pray that day and night, whenever we're awake, that we would be lifting up our praise, that we'd be lifting up our prayers, that we'd be lifting up indications of our faith in you, the one who sits on the throne, the one who came and sacrificed your own life, laying it down to give us forgiveness of sins, the hope of eternity with you. We praise you, Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, friends and guests, I'm glad to see each of you this morning. And I um, want to make sure that you have a card. You found a card by your seat. Um, we're going to refer to those partway through the message. And so I um, want to make sure that you have one of those and hopefully something to write with or you can share a pen um, down, the, down the row if you need it. So anyway, this morning I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 71. And as you do that, I want to offer a brief review for those of you that maybe haven't been here with us on this journey of where we've been since January 1st. So January 1, we sensed as a church family that the Lord was calling us into a joyful season of fasting and prayer. And uh, we're praying for revival and for spiritual awakening, not just in our own hearts, not just in our own church, but across this city, across this nation and the world. And so um, this is what we're praying for. And on January 1, we started with the um, text of Isaiah 6. Where remember when Isaiah encounters, has a vision of the Lord, and he says, Whoa, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And the Lord took care of his sin, atoned for his sin, and then he said, Who'll go for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. The Lord prepares our hearts in his presence. The next Sunday, on the 8th, we looked at the passage from Joel 2 where it talked about rend your hearts and not your garments. Have a genuine repentance for ways that you um, have fallen short and express that to the Lord. And so we had time of prayer for um, repentance, both individually and then also as a church community. Remember that Sunday? And the way that the Lord just lifted off guilt and um, replaced it with joy as we confessed our sins. Then, January 15th, seems like it's been a while, but um, the weeks just kind of go by, right? January 15th, we looked at um, Exodus 15, or Exodus 33, 15 and 16, and Moses asked, What will mark us as your people if your presence doesn't go with us? And we were reminded that it's God's presence and power that marks us. It distinguishes us as a unique people on this earth. And so we've been praying for God's manifest presence and power in our lives. And then that leads to January 22, today. (laughs) And this week we've been praying prayers for um, people, prayers for cities and nations. If you've been following along on the daily prayers And today, I want to um, spend some time thinking about praying for people 
by looking at this um, Psalm 91, people like us who are in desperate need of hope. And so um, let me just pray. Lord, I ask that you would open our ears to hear what your scripture would speak to us by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts, that they'd be soft in your presence, and that we would um, hear what you're inviting us to hear today about the stories that you give us and how that that relates to the praise that we continually um, fill our mouths with. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. So Psalm 90, or 91, that's one of my favorites too. Um, but Psalm 71. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I've relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Do not cast me away when I'm old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. May my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing praise to you with the lyre, Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. My tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long. For those who wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. This is the word of the Lord. It is. Amen. Um, 
I want to say point one of my sermon. This is a three-point message. Point one, as Christians, God's presence and power are available to us in the good and the hard times. He says in verse 12, do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. In the moment, at any moment, God may feel distant, but we can just call on him to be near, just like the psalmist did. The prayer is an act of trust in a relationship. He says, my God, my God, come quickly, right now. <laughs> Do you ever like need to call somebody and come right now? Well, how often when we're in a, hit a hard spot, Anna Marie, your story of, okay, no auditorium, come quickly to help me. There's trouble, and I'm sending up the SOS prayer. We admit our need openly to the Lord. And verse 2 says, in your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Our God specializes in rescues. He is one who delivers. He is one who saves when we call on him. Point two, every Christian goes through troubles, many and bitter, as we live in a fallen world, but we go through with hope. All right, verses 20 and 21. Though you have made me seen troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. The psalmist acknowledges the trouble. Says they're many and they're bitter. You think about eating something bitter, it tastes, you just put it to your mouth and not your you know, spit it out like, none of this, I'm not having this, this is yucky. Well, we have circumstances in our life, right, that are just that way, that you just want to spit it out and say, none of this, I don't want this. These are God's children that are facing hard things, bitter things, things that they'd like to spit out of their mouth and not have anything to do with. But you'll notice the psalmist doesn't encourage us to deny the problem, it's not putting our head in the sand. You know how sometimes you'll talk, well, maybe in your circles, I don't know. But this used to be pretty common in the church where we were before. Hey, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. You know, and that was the response. And we were supposed to say, yeah, me too. You know, that was kind of the back and forth exchange. But that's kind of like sometimes that's true, <laughs> that you're feeling that way. And sometimes um, you just had something bitter and sour and awful just happen. And so... Um, The psalmist encourages us, don't deny the problem, but don't let the problem define you. And so the psalmist names the problem, but doesn't stay fixated on the problem. Because in the midst of the problem, there's hope when you know the Lord. There's an expectation, there's trust, there's confidence. The psalmist anticipates with pleasure and welcomes God's intervention and his comfort whether it's the first time that day they needed comfort or the third time that day they needed comfort. Sometimes when you're parenting, you may need comfort the 15th time that day. But there's these repeated requests for help that are intermixed with declarations of praise and trust. And so the the praise and not the problem is what's occupying the psalmist's mind and his life. The singer is anticipating future days 
that are going to be better. And so in verses 6, 8, 14 to 19, 22 to 24, here's some of the words. I will ever praise you. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. And so there are problems and there's praise. And we acknowledge the problem. We send out the SOS prayer request, Lord, help, intervene. And then we turn back to what can we thank God for? How have we seen him work before? Lamentations 3, 19 to 23 says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We're not consumed by our troubles. We remember God's great love and his unfailing compassion. So this day is a marker memorial day in my life. This is my 60th birthday. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. The Lord sustained me and helped me get here. Well, this, um, this week, I did something. As I was reflecting on the scripture, I made a list. Lord, you helped me win. And I just started to write. And I'm going to share a few of the things that I wrote down on my list. Lord, you helped me when my parents separated and my grandparents took us in. Lord, you helped me when I had to leave my friends behind in multiple moves. When we moved from Tennessee to Mississippi to Arkansas to Big Rapids to Grand Rapids, I went to 18 schools over the course of my life. And um, my dad just had a lot of changes in his job. And anyway, it was hard as a little kid. It was hard as a bigger kid. It was hard as an early adult. (laughs) But the Lord helped me make new friends. Another thing, the Lord helped me when I was on a school bus as a little elementary kid, driving into the neighborhood, and angry adults were throwing bricks and tomatoes at our bus. It was the time during the racial rioting down south, and the segment where it was called desegregation, where they were busing the kids that were in the white suburban neighborhoods into the black areas of the city and vice versa. And the Lord helped me. That was traumatic, especially for somebody that was shy and scared. (laughs) But you know what? The Lord did something supernatural in my heart and gave me a love for people of color. That is God's help in times that are difficult. Tammy, uh, where did Tammy go? Thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably this morning. And I want to say one of the things on my list is that the Lord helped me when I was in middle school. And I had those very same thoughts that life needed to stop.
And I praise God that he didn't let me act on that and that he helped give me hope just like he's giving you today. And so I praise God that he helped me through that. Praise God. I praise God that he helped me when my mom had a ruptured appendix, almost died of that, and then almost died of depression. And we did role reversal in my family, and at age 11, I became the caregiver. And the Lord gave me strength, and the Lord helped me to sort some things out when I got older about what was really my role. My siblings were glad when I got that sorted out, too. (laughs) Uh, All right. I praise God for help when he helped me um, with some bad choices that I made and some naive choices that I made in my teenage and early adult years. I praise God that he forgave me. And I praise God that he turned my life around and that he gave me a godly husband. I praise God. I praise God that he helped me through an eating disorder. God helped me overcome it. Now, sometimes I need help the other way, where I like a little food too much. And the Lord's helping me with that, too. Praise God. All right? The Lord helped me when I had liver problems. When my pregnancies, I had very severe liver problems, and I itched nonstop day and night and could not sleep because of severe itching. And the Lord brought people, like friends would just stop by my house to scratch my feet. Or take me to my OB appointment. Or go with me when it was time to talk about inducing labor. God sent just the right people and just the right doctors to help me. I praise God that when I couldn't work because of my sickness, and the same week, Dane had a rollover accident in his truck up north, and our washing machine quit. All in the same week, and I thought, Lord, how are we ever going to financially make it? And how how is this going to work? And yet the Lord helped us. He provided. He was the God who provides. All right. When we lost our first baby at the end of the first trimester, and God was with me, and he helped me grieve deeply. When domestic violence in my family left me in constant fear about what news I was going to get, God helped me to set safe boundaries. When we got the unexpected and very sad news of the loss of a friend through suicide, and then that happened six times, that we've gotten news of someone very dear and close to us, And the Lord has met us in those dark places, those deep places, and not let us stay in despair, but to be able to reach out with hope to others. When my daughter, we got the phone call one morning at 4 a.m. that she had been hit by a semi driving. She was on her way to go pray outside the abortion clinic downtown and hit by a semi. 
I got out of bed and I was just frozen in fear. And Dane yelled at me and said, pray. (laughs) And I started to pray. (laughs) And the minute I started to pray, I could put one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, and make it to that spot where she had had the accident. When we've um, gone through the loss of our parents, hard times, bitter times, you just want to spit it out of your mouth like none of this. Not in my life. I don't want to see them go. And yet the Lord helped us and sustained us, whether it was through a quick loss, an unexpected loss, or the slow decline of Alzheimer's with both of our moms. The Lord helped me to bring praise and share the good news of the gospel, even with you all, while my heart was broken and breaking. And yet I wasn't living like a dual life. I was saying, God, this is hard. Help, SOS. And he helped every time. And he helps every time. Now, this is just part of my list. I told you I made a list. It was pages and pages. (laughs) And in each situation, God has been there. He has helped. He has given hope. He's brought this scripture to light. He's brought truth. He's brought people around me to remind me of who Jesus is. And just why did he come and lay down his life? Because in this sinful world, we're going to have bitter and hard things. Each of you have your own list. But you know what? They don't have to define us. And they don't have to tie us down to despair. We can pray and ask the Lord to help. And I recall these things. And when I recalled this list this week of how the Lord had met me, I was facing something else difficult. And by the time I got through with my lengthy list, I thought, what am I worried about? Lord, help. (laughs) SOS, help. And he came through and he helped me once again, gave me what I needed in the moment. And I just praise him for that. You've got a card. And um, we've changed now from a prayer of um, a season of fasting and prayer. Now we're going to call this a season of Prayer and sharing. And so you've got a little um, card, and on there it says, I commit to be ready to share how God has done these things for me. And so I'm just wondering, what has, where have you encountered maybe something difficult or hard in your life, and the Lord's helped you through it? If there's just, you know, you just jot down one or two examples that the Lord brings to mind right now, Lord, bring to mind how you've helped these folks. I'm going to invite you to just jot it down on your on your card. You know, some of our stories are really um, dramatic, and some of them are just God's faithful presence with us, or maybe a protected home or a blessed home where there wasn't all the drama. But how has God met you? How has he helped you? 
I just want to um, ask from your seat, does somebody like want to share like just a like God helped me through this or God met me in that? Tammy? Saved your life and given you hope. Praise God. Somebody else? Yeah, David. You've had two losses, two deaths in your family, and he's given you strength. Praise God. Anybody else? Testifying to God's goodness, how he's helped you through something. Yeah. 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 Sherry, I remember you telling us that story before. Praise God for that strength that he gave you. In your son's death. Mary, I think I saw your hand up. So you hemorrhaged, almost lost your life after childbirth, and the Lord spared you. And aren't we all thankful that the Lord spared Mary? <laughs> we needed we needed Mary, and the Lord knew that. Um, and so God's presence and power in our lives is the reason that we have hope. And we can pray and we can trust that when we face difficult things, that he'll be there for us once again. Pastor Jalisa had, um, as we were praying on Wednesday during noon prayer, she had um, an impression from the Lord come to mind. And she shared it. And I thought, you know, this really fits in with what we're talking about today, about the hope that we have in the Lord. And so, Pastor Jalisa, I'm going to invite you to just share that impression that you had can I hug you a minute? Can you hug me? Yeah. I love hugs. I'll take lots of them today, you guys. <laughs> and I'll be ready to give you one, too. Um, so as we were listening for the Lord's voice at noon prayer, I don't, I don't always get, like, really clear sort of monologues, but I felt like he just very clearly said this. He said, my name is Yeshua, Yeshua, Yeshua. And he just kept saying it. He said, I am mighty to save. I am the mighty one of Israel who rejoices over you with singing. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it was like in my mind's eye, I could see all of those Old Testament battles where he just moved in ways that you can't fathom, stopping the sun and confusing enemies in their camps. He said, the kings of the earth bow to me and I will make my name great throughout the earth. Power, all power is mine. I will loose tongues to speak of my mighty acts and to speak and pray them in. So this sense of we share testimony, we're given the gift of tongues and we prophesy the good things that our God will do. He says, child of weakness, watch and pray and find in me thine all in all. Thank you. So when we hear a word like that, we as the receiver have the um, responsibility and the opportunity to test that and say, is that from the Lord, and do I receive that? And when I think about, does this seem consistent with God and his character and what we see in Scripture, I say yes. He is the one who, when they got up against the river, all of a sudden he parts it, right? I mean, God made a way through the desert. And he'll make a way through our desert, too. 
And the thing is, when he, in his sovereignty, allows something difficult that we face, that most difficult thing may become our brightest testimony. And so why am I sharing this about this psalm when we're praying about people? Well, this is where I want to make the connection. We are surrounded by people every day that are going through hard things. And so what we have is the ability to empathize, to recognize what they're going through, and to be able to offer our story of how the Lord's helped us. And so make that bridge or that connection. And so Second Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. I was at the January series. Um, Dane and I took in some evening showings of the January series over at Baker Bookhouse this past couple of weeks. And one of the speakers, Monica Guzman, she wrote a book, um, Reclaiming Curiosity in Divided Times. And um, she tries to help people that are coming, like, you know, Democrats, Republicans, rural, urban, you know, whatever the divisive thing is, how do we come together and have conversation and bridge this divide? And some of what she shared just seems so helpful when we think about evangelism, when we think about sharing the gospel. And um, it seemed very applicable. She said, people only hear when they are heard. And she suggested being curious about people, being curious about their stories, noticing what's going on in their lives and asking questions. And then she said this, when there is perceived responsiveness, it promotes intellectual humility. So when there's perceived responsiveness, when people perceive that we're listening and that we care, then all of a sudden there's a humility to maybe be able to listen to a different way to view life like a different way to view life, that there's a real God and that he really does care and he really is present and he will help. And so what does this mean for us? What I think this means for us is that when we're curious about people and their stories, we're compassionate, we notice them, we care, that I think the Lord's going to give us opportunities to open our mouths and testify about God's goodness in our lives as we've gone through something hard, because we can connect, we can relate. I mean, you know I don't go around, I'm sure some of the things I shared with you this morning in my list of the ways the Lord has met me, I don't go around talking about that stuff all the time. But when the time arises, when I meet somebody that, you know, maybe is having thoughts of self-harm, or maybe they're in domestic violence situation, or maybe they've struggled with a health issue or depression or eating disorder. I mean, there's different, I've got, unfortunately, a lot of different angles that, that I can connect with people from. But I can tell about God's goodness and his faithfulness in my life. You can do that, too. You can do that, too. And so maybe some of us don't feel ready as we've been talking about praying for revival you think, I'm going through the hardest season of my life. I want to be excited about this, but, man, it's just tough right now. 
And I want to say the psalmist was naming the very difficult things and then turned around and praised the Lord. And if I had a balloon, I'd pop it with a pin right now to get your attention and try to demolish this mindset that we have to have a Pinterest perfect life before we've got good news to share. It's not true. We can be going through hard things and we still have hope and we still have the goodness of God to declare moment by moment and day by day. And this is what they, they think this um, psalm is actually one that is read during the Passion Week. And they think that Jesus was very likely speaking this psalm and praying this psalm through his most difficult week. And yet he would pray and he would continue to point people towards the kingdom. All the way to while he was on the cross, a bitter, hard thing. Yes, we can't even imagine. And yet he's on that cross pointing the people that are beside him on the cross to the kingdom. Friends, we have hope to share, and his praise will always, always be on our mouths. And so I want to just close with this. I read a book, reread a book, called A Blaze for God. And in it, it talked about the Korean church and how um, one of their denominations decided a number of years ago that between January 1st and Easter, they were going to ask the Lord for five people that they would take spiritual responsibility for and pray every day. And so they would pray each day for five people. And then as it neared Easter, all they were supposed to do is pray and be kind and loving and then wait until the Lord gave them the prompt. And then they would share the gospel with that person closer to Easter when the Lord gave the inspiration to do so. Well, what they had happen was absolutely remarkable. 15,000 individuals gave their lives to the Lord on Easter Sunday that year. And they thought, well, let's try that again next year. And so they did it the next year and more people. They did it a third year. 25,000 people accepted Christ. And it just made me think, we're fasting and we're praying. We're praying for revival What would it be and how might the Lord work if we would put names down to say, Lord, I'm willing to pray for this person throughout my day, every day, whenever you bring them to mind, I'll pray for this person. I'll pray for these people between now and Easter. And so I want to invite you. Maybe you only know a couple of people that need to know the Lord. Well, then you could be praying and asking the Lord to bring some more people into your life between now and Easter. All right. Um, But I want to invite you. You've got your card. Who are those people right now? Who are those people that you might put down and list? Maybe some of you have been praying for them a long time and maybe some of them are just coming to mind right now. But I want to invite you to pray and that we as a family, a church family, would be praying for the lost during this season. I, I don't know if anybody is like having faith stirred up that the Lord might answer your prayers during this season. But um, I have three journals here that are 10 weeks of, like, it's really a place to record your prayers. They only had three of them at Baker Book House. But I want to say I, I prayed for somebody specifically 
for this length of time. And the Lord did an amazing, remarkable, delivering work in their life. And I'll, the book I have at home with all my prayers written down is a treasure to remember God's faithfulness. That he can, he can do the miraculous. Remember, he specializes in rescues and saving people and coming to help. And so as you've written those, I'm, I'm trusting that you're writing those names down. And as we get ready to sing our last song, I'm just going to invite you to turn in twos or threes and just lift up the names of people that are on your heart right now. And so we're just, if it makes you uncomfortable, you can pass if you're a guest here and you don't want to pray out loud. But I'm just going to invite you to just, wherever you are, just in twos or threes or fours, just pray. Let's lift up some people that need hope in Jesus. Okay? Let's pray.